dad was a professional baseball player, not yes. when he got here, but uh, actually how they got here was my grandpa was an Olympic boxer. Okay. Uh, so he was in Panama, born and raised, and moved here, his family, through the Olympics. And, and so it seems like just generationally, athleticism has been in the blood. Yeah, you know. Just on dad's side or mom too, a little bit of athletes? Mom has two NFL players, uh, one current. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, Tevin Coleman. Uh, yeah. He was uh, Indiana's one of the best running backs to ever go to University of Indiana. Yeah. So, uh, Jets, Falcons, you yeah. know, Super Bowls, two of them. Man, so it sounds like your guys' is, uh, your guys' is DNA, you guys got a lot of athleticism in there. Uh, yeah, there's, they'd say we're born for it, a lot yeah. of people say. Yeah, but you definitely work for it. All right, so we got another episode of Adversity Kings. Um, awesome episode first, MLB player. And what's your name again? Tyler Acosta. I didn't want to mess the last name up because no, I was looking at the last I was like, Acosta. And Acosta. I was like, I've been letting people just in introduce themselves completely. And I'll get flamed on TikTok. People like, you don't even know their name. I was like, uh, you, I mean, this is probably close to our 200th episode. So it's like, you know, 40, 50 times to mess people's names up. I just kind of let them Now I know. Tyler Acosta, yes, right? Sir. Awesome. So, um, Awesome, bro. Before we jump into everything, I wanted to just kind of touch a few things out for those of you that, that consistently watch the podcast. I've been, now that we're, I think it was November 11th. I was just looking while we were talking. You're good. Don't worry about it. November 11th, 2021, we posted our first podcast. And now we're, we're literally, we've probably, we've probably got published 140 something podcasts. We've probably recorded 200. I tell, I, I was telling somebody the other day, like every 10, 15, 20 we record, always lose one or don't publish one and i never considered that in the very beginning i remember listening to a joe rogan episode or something it's like for every x amount of episodes they lose one or they don't publish one and people don't take into consideration how much work yeah. goes into doing good work i think that's crazy for like a lot of people to like not look at it like that you know when you have to have so much put together to then get that one diamond in the rough that's like yeah there's my big hit yeah she would TikTok nowadays and i feel like i've, I've only had one really not even a, a long form, but a short form video. Only that one video just gets likes every day. That jujitsu video, Wagner. It's he one can, I watched, actually. Yeah. Do you know anything about jujitsu? Uh, no, actually, it's funny that you say that. My neighbor, my whole life, was Jason Guida, which was Clay Guida's okay. uh, brother. Yeah. So I grew up my whole life like watching UFC. He would always yeah. come home and like it was crazy, and I wanted to get into it. Never got into yeah. it. Yeah. Never really got into jujitsu. Man, so let let's talk. Let's talk about your life. You know, where were you born? So I was born in Evanston, uh, okay. but I, I was born and raised in Barrington, Illinois. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people do know Barrington, they don't really like us, but yeah. uh, Barrington is known as a town where it's a lot of you know rich, white, up, upbringing company. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was like I wanted to move there to give myself the biggest opportunity to succeed. Now, how did you move there? What did your what were your parents doing yeah. to build up that success? Because <laughs> you just told me they're are they immigrants. Yeah. So both my parents were immigrants. Uh, both came here with pretty much nothing and just careers that they wanted to strive to be great at. You know, yeah. The best. What would that? What would they do? So my mom was a banker for like 25 years mm. uh, when she first got here, but that was due to my aunt working at the bank, and she was able to kind of get that connection yeah. going. Um, and so that she used that kind of to get to me and my sister. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister and I, we grew up in a tough, like warming water up on the stove. Like yeah. most people don't understand what that is. Like you're the kid in the small house in the big community, mm. and it's like the world's all on you. Yeah, yeah. So what about dad? Dad was a professional baseball player, not yes. when he got here, but uh, actually how they got here was my grandpa was an Olympic boxer. Okay. Uh, so he was in Panama, born and raised, and moved here, his family, through the Olympics. And and so it seems like just generationally, athleticism has been in the blood. Yeah, you know. Just on dad's side or mom too, a little bit of athletes? Mom has two NFL players, uh, one current. 
Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, Tevin Coleman. Uh, yeah. He was uh, Indiana's one of the best running backs to ever go to University of Indiana. Yeah. So uh, Jets, Falcons, you yeah. know, Super Bowls, two of them. Man, so it sounds like your guys is. Uh, your guys' DNA, you guys got a lot of athleticism in there. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean? they'd say we're born for it, a lot yeah. of people say. Yeah, but you definitely work for it. Oh, there, yeah. there's de there might be some natural, you know what I mean, uh, uh, you know, skills and talents and things that you know, you're, you're born with and different things like that, but that can only get you so far. You know what right. I mean? To, to get to that highest level and then you know, excel there, you definitely going to work for it. So uh, what, what was more of the you know, upbringing like for your parents, how they meet, what, what's some backstory on them? So the backstory on how they met, I don't really know personally. Um, I haven't really asked, but the real story on how I kind of came out, I was definitely not supposed to be here. Like my parents yeah. were never married. Um, parents were never together. They just put everything together for me. Yeah. So they really were two different people. My mom doesn't really watch baseball. But my dad was a professional baseball player. Yeah. So I think he probably liked that about her, that she wasn't like some cleat chaser out here. Yeah. Um, just looking to be on the road to the big leagues with him. Yeah. You know, and I think he liked that about her. And I mean, my mom's a beautiful woman. So yeah, I, I see why he would do that. As an yeah. <laughs> now, are they still together? No, my parents were never together. They're never together. Yeah. Never. Okay. So were you raised in separate homes? The craziest part about that is my parents did everything they could. So that meant they stayed together and lived together while they were not together building their lives just for me. And are you, you're the youngest? Youngest. Okay. Wow. So they did everything to completion until, okay, that's, that's really unique. Yeah. That's really incredible. Yeah. And then which one are you closest with? I would say I'm closest with my dad only because we're on the road all the time for baseball and you know we've gone through the hard, the bad. Yeah. My mom and I, our relationship is amazing. I mean, obviously I love my mom. Yeah. Um, and she's done, I mean, I, I stay with her right now just to make sure yeah. that I can, my professional baseball career, you know? That yeah. Most people don't know we don't make crazy amounts of money until you get that one big shot. And we were just talking yeah. about that. You know, you could go 20 years in the minor leagues making. Yeah, what, what was the kid's name that you just said? Drew Maggie. Drew Maggie. 33 a, years old. What an incredible story. You know what I mean? As soon as I seen that, and I didn't get to truly dissect it, but 10 years of bouncing around through the minor leagues, you know what I mean? And, and I made an estimation of, like, maybe through minor league you make 40 to 50 grand a year. Like, like I, I would imagine you probably make just enough to, to mm -hmm. live, that median income from America. And then from, from that to sign into, I would imagine a million. I don't know what the median income would be for, for an MLB contract, but I would imagine it would be close to a million dollars. Yeah, the I mean? minimum I think is – 550 to 575 in yeah. the big league, something so like I don't that. know if he signed a minimum or if he got a little above minimum or anything like that but just the perseverance you have to have for the, and you know people are looking at the the front end of, of 10 years of 23 to 33 but typically if, if he got that good to get to minor leagues by the time he was 23 there was probably 10 years prior to that so it's really a 20-year journey mm -hmm. minimum you know what I mean if he played if he played baseball from 13 to 33 just in hopes of one day you could make, make a living you know what I mean? Yeah. Even, yeah. even, not even the big leagues just make a living. Sure. You know what I mean? Because, sure. you know that I, I can't imagine that minor league income is to correspond with with you know the dreams and aspirations that that he'd have. And I think that's like I can kind of <laughs> see it from his perspective. Maybe when he was younger, in a sense that, you know, he fought indie ball, indie ball. We talk about like the jobs, like you can go to Mexico, you can go to Panama, you can go to Puerto Rico. There's all these different countries where you can grind and nobody will hear about your name. Yeah. Just the guys that you want to hear, like the MLB guys. You're trying to impress those guys. Yeah. The scouts. So going to those countries, you're in the worst conditions. You're getting the worst pay, yeah. and you're just out there fighting every day for an at bat. No, why doesn't? So I used to watch the Little League World Series sometimes, and the little Chinese teams would be like, you know, killers. They'd be amazing, but I feel like you don't see a significant amount of Chinese MLB players. Why is that? The reason that China is kind of like that is because they're so homegrown in the sense that they will stay at home and play baseball, or they won't play at all. There's a you, you okay. see that in Japan. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
So they have their own league, league and everything like that, and they'll take care of them and compensate. China, Japan, and Korea have like a league where they're averaging forty thousand fans a, a, a game. Okay. And like you come to the big leagues here, it's like Oakland's getting one two thousand yeah. fans. Yeah. So like, would you rather play in front of people that know the game and love you? Yeah. No, I, I never even took any. You know what I mean? That's kind of how narrow-minded we can be as Americans sometimes. I just figured there's American MLB and there's nothing else. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's true. Uh, most people see it that way, and then yeah. I went. You go out to winter ball now. You can see the WBC. Countries like Japan are bringing guys we've never even heard of before and blowing out guys that have been in the big leagues for 20 years, 30 years, yeah. careers. You know? Who would you say is the best baseball player in the league right now? Shohei Otani. And just in general? In general, Shohei Otani, he hits the ball harder and further than anybody else, and he throws the ball just as hard. As and this player. is a Japanese or Chinese? Uh, Japanese-born player. He was just won the WBC with Team Japan, actually. Okay, but he plays in the MLB, too? Angels. Angels. Yes. Okay, with he plays with you. Now, do you like the Angels a lot, or do you like the Sox? Funny story there, uh, Vladimir Guerrero was my godfather, and he played for the Angels his whole career, so I got to see a lot of Angels games as I was younger. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So what's your favorite team? Uh, the Phillies, because I never got to meet Ryan Howard and Jimmy the Rollins. The Phillies. <laughs> so that's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Right? So I, the Pirates, I, I grew up watching a lot of the Pirates. We actually got six Pirate tickets to Pirates and the Cubs, and that is June 15th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shoot. De decent June. seats. Uh, I think the Pirates picked up McCutcheon again. Things have been on the up and up. I don't know what their record is, but it's uh, it's very nostalgic. And P Pennsylvania, I'd say with the Pirates, don't care. I don't feel like we care if they like win. It's more so like we're just excited. Like that's that's a that's something fun yeah. to do. Like Pittsburgh's really big about their baseball. their sports. Oh, well, their sports, baseball and football is math. I wouldn't. I think there's an MLS team there too, and nobody cares about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the hockey, the hockey. I mean, <laughs> Sidney Crosby there, they put down a, a couple uh, Stanley Cups, you know what I mean, when we were growing up, and that was – that. all three experiences are insane, you know what I mean? So. I'm actually a, a Steelers fan, so it's kind of oh, okay. funny to say that. Yep. So I'm Steeler towel, all that stuff. Yeah, like I'm big on see, that. I like the Cowboys from Arkansas, so. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> see. But, uh, yeah, dude, that, that's, that's really incredible. So what about – did your parents ever share any, like, stories about – more so like the the tough side of, of immigration and, or just being even young in their countries growing up like anything stick out yeah so like my mom she's very humble and you can tell that from now and so when she was growing up uh, she would talk about how there'd be you know 15 people in the house you mm -hmm. know almost 20 people in the house at a time and only a mother taking care of that yeah you know no father you know Not working my mom was the oldest so mm -hmm. you know they all look up to her you know she got this whole foundation of people my cousins and I talk about it there's a hundred of us here mm -hmm. we have a party or we have a graduation, 100 people are there. Yeah. 100 people are supporting each other. Everybody's throwing dollars and singles at the graduate and stuff. Like, that's our family. And so when you look at my mom, it's like all that was built because of her taking care of 12 yeah. brothers and sisters in the middle of no money, middle of Africa, Liberia specifically. Yeah. Um, and most people don't know, Liberia is a slave-born state. So slaves were sent back to Liberia to and given a country, essentially, and no ruling. Wow. So there was civil war, civil war, civil war. So, and who were they, and they were, civil war, was it obviously politically driven? Yes, because there was no political, uh, there was no political like reasoning. Agenda or yeah, anything. Agen there was no agenda. The U.S. just said, hey, here's Liberia, we're going to send you back on a, on a boat or however. And Where's Liberia located? West Africa on the east, complete West edge. Africa, wow. Easiest point to get to the U.S. Okay, so. that's insane. Um, and so now, have you... Have you gone back to either country ever? Panama. I just played in Panama for winter ball. Okay. So that was a great experience. I got to meet my like cousins and yeah. family. I saw them where my dad lived. Uh, was that was that cool to go back? Yeah, my dad lived in the jungle. Yeah. Uh, and I actually had a crazy story for you. It was like I almost died when I was in Panama. Uh, you did? In the jungle. Yeah. Wow. I got dengue fever and I got bit by a third world mosquito. 
Wow. And there's no cure for it or anything. And I'm sitting there like my I was playing ball, so like my team was kind of worried about me. Yeah. They almost told me I couldn't fly home that if I don't get better here, it's kind of just over. And like imagine you're sitting in a bed in Panama in a third world country, you're fighting for your career and yeah, you're fighting see, for your life. That's why I'm just like staying here in America, you know. <laughs> yeah. I be telling people, you know, when it comes to traveling and shit like that, like, why don't you want to travel? You build up build up a company, you're successful, and it's like Man, I could just Google it. You don't, you don't know what the hell's out there—a jungle. You know what I mean? Like you probably think there's a panther and all these different snakes and shit. Like, man, just to get taken out by a mosquito. Literally, <laughs> I was like, a mosquito got me. I could yeah. have been anywhere. No, nah, yeah. man, that's that's what's so beautiful about this massive planet that we just know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. I'm trying to watch this dinosaur show here recently, and I'm just sitting there like, I swear they rename these things every five, six years, bro. You know what I mean? Just come up with different theories and, you know, find different bones and different discoveries. And I was listening to a pastor today and he was like, could you imagine, like, can you, can you think back to a hundred years ago and wrap your mind around the details of life a hundred years ago? Probably not. Wow. <laughs> imagine 14.6 billion years ago when they're like, well, here's our projections of what dinosaurs were doing 14.6 billion years ago. Like, I don't know what I did yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're telling me some, some, individual that that has contributed to the world that we live in right now has identified what a t-rex was doing and if a t-rex even existed you know what i mean like i I don't know i think for me when i look at that standpoint for the world it's like why am i listening to one sole person the same thing you're saying it's like i always tell i question oh yeah i question everything this dude's telling me this on the media and i see that dude every day i just google it and then i'm (laughs) then i just get paranoid about google and everything and i just who's really behind all of it yeah who's behind everything so um now as you as you're growing up and your parents put everything together obviously so you could have a successful life and they wanted to take care of you what what do you think the motive was you know two two individuals that you know that didn't necessarily plan on having the situation that they had you know how how, have you ever asked them or from your observation of of what was the motive of uniting to make sure you were taken care of um you know a big drive for that i would say honestly is that they didn't have a lot of guidance in life and mm-hmm. they saw me as that guidance like yeah this is now you have siblings though yeah of course but my for my dad uh I, my dad had never had a kid before uh-huh. so it was just my mom they weren't together so my mom had a different okay yeah so my sister lived with us but i got to really see and she's older and she's half sister yes okay sister, yes. okay that yes. makes sense yeah so i think that was being able to put it together because my sister was already like knew how bad the life was as far mm-hmm. as for my mom already so my when i was when i came about my mom saw this opportunity to be like I'm not gonna mess this one up. Like mm. this, this kid right here deserves the world. I know we're not together. Like, I'm not gonna do this mm. again. I don't want him to go through any harder so times than we went through. Yeah. Back in Panama, back in Liberia. Why would I put my son through no father, no mother? Yeah. You know, like there's there's nothing in my eyes that would say let's do this, let's do that. You know. And my mom really put that into my put put that forth into me in my career, saying like everything you do in life, you got to do it 100. percent yeah, I wouldn't be in this country right now if it wasn't. I didn't put hundred percent to it. Yeah, not at all. Especially with your parents preceding that, and that's another thing I like to think about is I I don't know if I heard on a podcast or if I read somewhere that if if you realized you almost died from dengue fever, and we are in tw- was that twenty twenty three? Yes, it was December. So the medicine, technology, and the advancement that we have today, you would agree is the best it's ever been. Well, it has to be right worldwide. Yeah. Has to be. Has to be. There, there. How far back do you think you you go? Well, like, what are your religious beliefs? Um, my religious beliefs, I kind of see it as an open eye. I like to, I, of course, I believe in God, and I believe yeah. I came up in that system. Whatever. How long do you think the w- world's been around? 
trillions. Trillions of years. So let's say the world's been around for trillions of years. Okay. So do you believe there was a point of origin that started and led up to you? Or do you like... I, believe, I do believe that actually because I have an evolution tattoo that runs across and I believe that everybody was has this story of like who they were before yeah. this time and when they get to this time now like there's everything that happened for a reason exactly and so now talking on a human though form of like when we were all just humans we were all just humans. yes not the frog theory and all of that but yeah. more so humans to where you're at now let's say there was a thousand generations prior to you okay you know what i mean yeah. so there's thousand grandfathers whatever it might be prior to you Every single one of them, grandmothers and grandfathers, mothers and fathers, great-grandmothers, great-grandfathers, had to reach the age of reproduction, like being able to reproduce, reproduce, and then raise those children, or at least put them in a position where they were able to reproduce to then obviously have you. That's, that's with, crazy. Without the medicine, without the technology, with war with dinosaurs, with giant bears, you know what I mean? With, with everything that, that we are completely oblivious to. Yeah, you don't put that in perspective when you literally look at it now, it's like, holy cow, everything yeah. had to be perfect. Yeah, bro. Everything like, had to how, be perfect. Like, like how the odds of you being here, the odds of you being in the position that you're in, the odds of you being successful, the odds of you being born in America, man, you don't, it's not even a one in trillion chance. I've, I've, I've studied the math briefly and, and it's really almost not even like, it's almost not even able to be mathed. You know what I mean? Yeah. On like the odds, if we're really to calculate all the details of your success and the position you're, how old are you? 22. 22 years old. And the path that you're on, man, it's uh, it's incredible. You know what I mean? It's really incredible to stop and think. And it's like, those those thoughts and reflection and putting things into a perspective like that, that's, what, that's the key that most entrepreneurs miss out on and most you know athletes miss out on that separates the, what's the dude's name, Drew? Drew Maggie. Yeah. Drew Maggie, that separates the Drew Maggies from the Drew Maggie that quit and gave up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like that that no name that could have been the Drew Maggie. There's nothing special about Drew Maggie. He just kept going. He just kept going. You know what I mean? And it's like in those nights and those days that you want to quit, you want to give up, when you put things into perspective and realize you really didn't come this far to just come this far because there was 10,000 grandfathers that had to survive, you know what I mean, like Siberian tigers and yeah. lions and bears and dango fevers and you can't even imagine everything that they had to go through you know what I, mean? I, I if i don't have tylenol for a headache right now i feel like i would die you know what i mean so i can't even imagine getting a headache a like thousand a years ago and just having a rubber leaf in your mouth or something like that, that <laughs> hoping that that's the right leaf, yeah right? Like, hoping that's the right is that leaf. poison or is this you know, like how many people had to die to just figure out like the non-poisonous and poisonous you know things to eat consume what were allergies like it's like Man, it's, it's incredible. Well, isn't that what's kind of like going on right now with Elon? Like he's doing the whole Neuralink stuff. Yeah. And they're trying to block him from doing that because they're like, people will die. Yeah. And it's like, I know that. But people will, more people will live in the long run. Yeah. And it's like that perspective people miss out on. Yeah, as long as they don't test out on me, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me who put a chip yeah. in there. No, don't ask me. We could put it in someone else and I could use a remote controller to use them if that's all right. But other than that, no. Um, Man, let's jump around. Let me. I got yeah. some stats here on you and, and some information. I think so. We'll talk on those a little bit. Okay. Um, who'd your dad play for? He played for the Expos and Brewers. Uh, okay. Now the Brewers were they're Boston? Um, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. And where's the Expos? That was Montreal. They're not a team anymore. Montreal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What's some of the history on him playing? Uh, so some of the history on my dad playing. He 
was one of the top hitters at the Arizona or the the Arizona League is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, and Arizona League is like where you're either going to the big leagues or you're you either like make it or you kind of stay in AAA. Now does everyone go to Arizona for that league? No. Uh, well, and everyone it plays in Arizona and it okay. plays in um, it's called the Cactus League. Okay. And so he was like one of the best hitters there and kind of made his name for himself. Yeah. Being like a really good shortstop, really athletic. Uh, he ended up having six surgeries, so he's gone through a lot of adversity. What were the surgeries? Uh, he had two knee replacements mm. and two shoulder replacements and an elbow replacement. Horrible. Yeah. Tommy John? Uh, Tommy John and a broken humerus bone Ooh. at the same what time. What about you? Any injuries yet? Uh, yeah, so I actually went through, like, the hardest injury of my life. I had no injuries up until really freshman year of college. I got, like, a bunch of concussions, mm. and they kind of, like, put me on. How? Out. The first one, what happened was my one of my outfielders, I'm going for a ball, and the sun kind of hits in my eye. He doesn't really he, he doesn't realize that the sun's in my eye and I can't see it. And so he calls me off, but at the same time he's looking at the ball and ran right into me. So mm. now I get hit, the ball hits me in the face, and I'm on the ground like, what's going on? Oh my god. Yeah. So that was the first one. And I had a huge concussion spree. Didn't get hurt. Got to UIS and I had a shoulder uh, shoulder surgery on my whole shoulder reconstruction. What happened to the shoulder? One day I got out of COVID. I kid you not, I was in COVID protocol for like twenty-seven days. Season starts. I get to practice the first day out of COVID. We have a game. So I didn't get any practice or nothing. I'm sitting in the room. The coach is like, hey, let's go out to the field. I'm like, all right, cool. Start throwing. He's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel good. I threw one from the outfield. He's like, we're going to do I.O. I.O. is infield outfield. I go to throw a ball from the outfield. I was like, coach, my arm's gone. And at that moment, I was like scared. I just lost it all. And I was like, no, no, no. I can't think like that. I got to think, okay, if this happens, my dad, I call my dad. I'm like, dad, my arm's blown out. I'm like, dad, how did you deal with this stuff? And he goes, you just deal with it. <laughs> you just, he's like, you get in, you go get your surgery. That's the one first step. And you, you do the rehab better than you've ever done before. Yeah. You train harder than you've ever done before. Everybody gave, gives up on you. You have surgery. Cause you know, never, nobody ever saw me get hurt. So everybody, a lot of people gave up on me and that was, a, it's cool. Yeah. That's what that was. Honestly, my motivation right now is the fact that I can get up every day and still do what I do. Yeah. Because so many people didn't think I'd even that be an underdog. Here. Yeah. That's fire. So. so what 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 are some like you know shortstop is that a position you play as well then I'm an outfielder outfielder, yeah, outfielder. center right center main uh, but I play all three in pro ball now okay let's go so. center you got to be the fastest right yes sir let's yeah. go sound pretty fast what's what's your uh, first is it first base they time you um they do sixty yard dashes or first to home times. okay what, so what are those for you uh, my first to home I've got I've ran like a three seven eight but I've, I'm usually like three nine yeah like a, in a game I'll be like a three nine I have to be yeah you know that's Who, who's the fastest in the league. I think Otani is. The, the Chinese? <laughs> yeah, the dude that throws hard and hits it. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the fastest in the league. Man. Him and Trey Turner. What are their times like? 3 7, 3 8, 3 9. Oh, wow. Wow. So you're quick. Um, let me see here. Let's jump into this clothing company a little bit. <laughs> also known, is it called Also Known As? Yeah, it's Also Known As, AKA. Uh, it's okay. A, it's a brand where I started with actually my roommate in college at the time. Okay. Uh, his name is Luke Fitton. He's a pro ball now. Mm. And Zion Pedigree is with the Nationals. And so we, one day I came to them, I was like, hey, I want to start this clothing company. Like, I got this idea that I think I really like. I'm big on clothes and high fashion in the sense of, I like to spend, I don't like to spend a lot of money on clothes, but I like to look like I need, I look like I have the good fit. I got the yeah. Instagram pic. That's me, and I wanted to make a clothing company and a clothing brand where people could have affordable clothing mm -hmm. and still look good, still have that cool Supreme-looking-like shirt. Yeah. And so right now we're in the process of dropping our first drop, which is going to be hoodies and shirts, and I actually have the shirt on now. Okay. Um, and our character's on the back. Uh, I don't know if you want me to show you Go that. ahead. Yeah, I'd love to show you. Show it all around, dude. Yeah, so this is our, our kind of our concept is to... That's uh, dope, yeah. Get it yeah. on the camera. Maybe do a little more on the camera. Yeah, we'll adjust it all. Who cares? There it is, guys. 
that's the character. Is that going to go on everything? It's going to be on pretty much everything. We're doing stickers and stuff like that. Um, but I, the real reason that we did all those uh, colors, so we just had a blank character to start. Okay. And I wanted to find something where everybody can feel together because yep. I've never felt that in my life, going to Barrington, being the outsider and outlier. Yep. I was like, all these colors go together. They don't, they're not supposed to. How can we make them look good? Mm. And me and my designer came up with the design. and was like, you have all these colors. We have 12 different colors. In and it's your roommate. Um, yeah, so my roommate, Zion, pedigree and fitness. Okay, and so what what's the meaning behind the, the design? The meaning behind the design is the fact that, like, so we're going to the African Fest, actually, so okay. most people don't know that's a big announcement, yeah. yeah. We're doing the pull, African pull Fest, yeah. uh, and that year, this year, we're going to be putting the African flag inside of our character, yeah. uh, and that... Is that for all of Africa, yeah. or, yeah. so there's a continental flag? Mm -hmm. So there's a continental colorway, essentially, is like a patch uh, pattern that they have, yeah. uh, and it really... It really represents Africa because that's the type of clothing we wear. So you see an African, you see a real true African, yeah. they're wearing like, garments. Is it like black, red, yellow? Yeah, yeah, black, red, yellow, yeah. uh, green. green. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what we call it is dashiki. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. It's called a dashiki. Yeah. So Swire. we're putting the dashiki inside of our design, and then we're going to have our logo here inside of an Africa outline. What's, what's your... How are you gonna generate leads? What are you gonna like? What's the business plan model? Have you drawn something up? Yeah. So the business plan and the model uh, right now is we're targeting athletes. Okay. Um, so that's our big thing right now. Is I know a lot of athletes. Obviously, being an athlete, I'm going straight to my guys that hey, I'll, they want to support right away. They know I, I'm not gonna bring them some bogus ideas, scam mm -hmm. my friends. I'm not like that, at all. So when I went to them and I was like, hey, I want you to wear this and see what you like. Think about it. I send them shirts. Mm -hmm. And now finally, I've sent enough shirts out to enough people where. The marketing is going to handle itself when I finally... Where'd you get that idea? Honestly, a lot of books. I read, uh, what's it, Napoleon Hill. Uh, so he came out with Master the Key to Riches. Mm. And one of the Master Key to Riches is use a book. Yeah. Uh, is having an outstretched hand to those above you and always having an outstretched hand to those that are under you. Mm -hmm. And so when I read that, I was like, I'm going to be the middle ground. How do I help somebody above me with the people in the MLB, the guys that will wear my clothing? And then I also give clothes to the college kids that want to have the representation, want to have a clothing brand behind them. Yep. Um, so I went to a, one of my football player guys. He's at OSU right now. I can't drop names yet, but yeah. he's going to be one of our main brand representatives as far as uh, sports and athletes. And then Ryan Ritter, I can drop that name because that's my guy. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be our other guy. So that's fire. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I'm excited. That's fire. What do you think will make your clothing company different from like ours? From, from others, you know what I mean? It's like if oh. you wanted to secure, are you gonna raise any capital or, or anything like that or is it just gonna all be bootstrapped? So it's not gonna all be bootstrapped essentially because one of my, Zion's dad, uh, he's really, he's big in the weed industry and the cannabis mm -hmm. industry, so he kind of put us on, you know, he kind of showed us the way, he took us out and he really was like a mentor in a sense. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what you guys gotta do, his mom owns a marketing company, so mm. we're gonna be going to her right. about the marketing and he's already scaled, the brand's called Viola, um, they actually just are the first black-owned weed business in the in Chicago. Wow. So they just opened, and he was, like, really big for me. He was like, only go where you're liked in the sense of you're going to feel represented. Yeah. Only do this, only do that. And I took all those lessons, and I put it in my company. Yeah. Love to get him on the podcast. I definitely, that's something I, I definitely yeah. could talk to him and try and set up. Yeah, dude. That'd be, dude. That'd be awesome. Um, this is, I like, I like this a lot. You know what I mean? So I, I you know, wish you the best with doing it. And so sure. just like, just like anything, Mr. Drew Maggie, just don't give up. You'll, you'll make it eventually. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> listen, I went to the hot yoga this morning back. I think I took you w once or twice in uh, Wexford. That one was easier. No, they cranked How this sucker up to 200 degrees. This is <gasps> yoga in the sauna. And I mean, this, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 
just was gone the last five minutes i was in heaven and <laughs> you know what i mean like no, yeah. what's harder hot yoga or, or the jujitsu like a long jujitsu rolling around the mat you really uh, get into it definitely jujitsu yeah. you know what i mean like yoga's never made me thrown up close but like jujitsu i've thrown up you know how, what how i mean like uh probably about two years now coming up on two years Ooh, yeah about that. two years you know what i mean from you know busted lips i had a torn meniscus that's pretty much that's pretty much my injuries um, really messed up eye i think you know i had like a gouged eye for like a couple days week you know what i mean you'd like rolling around with my cousin my cousin is legit yeah state he was a state, uh, state wrestler yeah, I, don't, that. No, I don't like rolling around with people that are good <laughs> that's uh, my first time i went one time so when, going back to that like i went back one time yeah i don't think i ever went back because i was like this 40 yeah. year old man just yeah no, me in no, like, bar. my the people i target is like small kids <laughs> girls <laughs> What are you no. working on today? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. As long as they definitely look like they suck, I'll roll with them. But <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> um, so who who do you love the most in this world? Like if it, they died, it would break you a little bit. My mother. Your mother. My mother. She is probably 40, 50. She's, my mom's older. She's 66. 66. Yeah. So let's say she gets to 100. You know what I mean? She got 30. We take that 30. She got a little less Fridays than you. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was telling everybody, and I was telling myself more than I was telling them, it is so important. You treat every single second. As soon as you leave this motherfucker, like every second, dog, like it's your last. Every second. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to be waiting around. Because how many of those Fridays is she going to be physically able and healthy right. and be able to enjoy them and present? You know, I lost my pap a couple years back to Alzheimer's. Yeah. Those last couple years, it was like this. Right. No, right, right. right <laughs> you right, know right, what I mean? Like, <laughs> like just not, and I, you, know, I, you know, anybody on, it's like, let's just be real. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why, like, I go so hard, man. Like, I go so, it's like, I'm not a robot. You know, I like to stimulate my mind, watch Family Guy. <laughs> like, well, I'm there's not, work to be done. There's work to be done because my mom only got so many Fridays left. I'm a human being. I only got so many Fridays left. And so it's so important with the people you surround yourself with, that how you spend your time, your perspective and everything. This this life is so simple. If people just locked in and were patient and persistent like Drew Maggie. They get what they want. Get what you want and more. Get yeah. what you want more, man. Yeah, because you don't realize it's on the other end. Exactly. You only see the success. That you, you only get so, as far as you see. Yeah. yeah, as far as your eye can see. If you're the kid that has all the aspirations in the world and you want to do this, this, and that, but you don't actually see that. And when you, you don't tell nobody, you keep it in your room, you keep it in your journal, that, that's never going to come out. Yeah. You know, that's why I think it's so amazing that we have these platforms nowadays. Our mm. parents didn't have TikTok, Instagram to just Nothing. show everybody what we do. Yeah. We're so gifted in this society to mm. be able to post something online and get millions of dollars from it. Literally. And not enough people, are t people hate on social media. Yeah. It's like use it to your advantage and finally take grasp of what's right in front of you. Yeah, if you don't use it, it'll use you. And that's all it does. You yeah. just watch it, scroll, 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 scroll. Done for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. Like, yeah. We can't do anything without it. And yeah, it's gotten to that point where we really can't because yeah. it's social media. Yeah. But you're right. Like, everything matters. Every second matters. Every time you're on your phone, don't be on social media not working, trying to make money. Literally. I think uh, Brittany Griner just said, she said, all I see is checks, and I'm not talking about verified checks. All I see is money, 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 money. Yeah. Because in my DMs. You know, it's crazy. I think she had said recently, it was it was a very surreal moment hearing the national anthem as she just played one of her first games. ESPN put it up there. The comments were kind of vicious. They were kind of funny mm -hmm. though, but they were a little mean. 
but uh, she she had said it was she was one of the ones previously that would kneel during during the national anthem. Which do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I personally am, am a you know patriot. I would say for our family. Yeah, I got a lot of military family as well. So. You know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like you know patriotism and everything like that. I, I absolutely love America, and but seeing and hearing her say that of like it was surreal, and I'm grateful to be back in this country because being in another country where they were telling you your freedom is limited to what mm-hmm. we say, what we feel, when we feel like it, how we feel like it. And we can do what you want. We want with your life. And uh, subscribe. You know we are the uh, number. Let's see what we're ranked. We are the thirteen hundredth number one podcast <laughs> in the world. But uh, soon to be number one.